gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Hey everybody, welcome back once again. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. And if you can believe it, after the Sunday football games conclude, it'll be the halfway point of the National Football League season. Victor, can you believe it? Where is the time gone this 2014 football season? Right off the top, Mark, we got to mention how hot the Playbook newsletter has been the last three weeks 24 and 6 with Playbook Newsletter Best Bets. Those are, of course, Mark's best bets in college and in the NFL, the upset game, the awesome angle, the NFL over-under play. Uh, this is the best time of the year to get on board for the Playbook uh, Newsletter, Mark. This week's issue, $9, of course, available at playbook.com. But uh, 24 and 6 last three weeks, way to go. Right now, we're certainly peaking. We're having a good time doing just that. And I'll say one thing also, Victor, that they're having a good time playing football in the Southeast Conference these mm. days. My goodness, you take a look at the polls, and what do we find? Four of the top five teams rank where? Uh, the Southeast Conference. And uh, not only that, but in the Sagarin rankings, Mark, the top five teams are all from the SEC as well. And people are starting to fear the possibilities in regards to that four-team playoff, that is for sure the ultimate uh, scary scenario if you're an anti-SEC fan would be something like an undefeated Mississippi taking on an undefeated Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, of course, in late November uh, with the winner potentially advancing to meet 11-1 uh, and one Georgia in the SEC championship game. Mark, there's a chance that three out of the four teams in the playoff will be from the SEC conference and uh, if that is the case, I think you're going to already start seeing a little bit of controversy in regards to the selection committee as to maybe expanding it from a 14 playoff to an 18 playoff. Well, that would be nice. That'd be a nice push to do just that because, you know, in the back of everybody's mind, every college football fan's mind, we're thrilled and elated to have a college football playoff scene now in effect this football season. But Truth be known, if we were given our druthers, we'd rather see an eight-team playoff rather than a four-team playoff. And, you know, if that situation comes about, the SEC dominating as they are this season and pushing forth in the playoffs, that'd be sure a nice controversy topic to talk about. And, you know, we'd love that, and so would the football fans. And talking about the, the uh, selection committee, Victor, I know this Monday they're going to be releasing their top four college football teams. And what sort of an impact do you feel that'll have, aside from just the press and the media, as far as the football fans go, when the selection committee releases their top four football teams this year? Well, we got to remember that they're not going to be taking, uh, this is not the AP top 25. This is not the ESPN coaches poll. These are actual human beings. Now, the committee is actually down to 12 members now, of course, after Archie Manning stepped down Monday for his health reasons. And, of course, we wish him well. Definitely one of the classiest football families of all time. So they are down to 12. They're going to be revealing their, uh, revealing their first top 25 ranking this Monday at 7.30 Eastern time, uh, October 28th on ESPN. 
Beginning next week, the committee will meet every Monday and Tuesday uh, in Texas to uh, determine their ranking. So it should be very, very interesting, and it makes for a great nationally televised ESPN uh, TV show coming up on Monday night. You know, I wonder, Victor, uh, Archie Manning has to back out uh, voluntarily, if you will, because of an injury or illness. And in the back of my mind, I wonder if the illness didn't come about with him getting sick, having to think about the teams from Mississippi and having to maybe uh, vote against them because, you know, that's where he's from is Mississippi. And all of a sudden, you know, they're cast into prominence right now. And uh, I would don't think he would want to check out of the party just because of that situation. But, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a surprise to see Archie Manning not being there for this 13-man committee because I think of all the panel members, as you say, I think he was the most respected arguably, of all the members that are on this committee. So they'll have to do it with 12 members, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if it comes down to a 6-6 vote, how they would break that tie. Right, right. You know, another topic, Mark, that we haven't talked about all season long is the uh, Heisman Trophy watch. And, heck, we're getting into late October. It's probably time to mention some of the uh, Heisman favorites, if you will. Uh, Most of the pundits out there have quarterback Dak Prescott of Mississippi State as their number one in regards to the Heisman. It makes sense. He's the quarterback for the number one team in the country, Mississippi State, although I submit to you that his statistics are not as good as the guy who comes in at number two, and that would be Marcus uh, Mariota, of course, of Oregon. Uh, Again, Prescott comes in with a quarterback rating of it's only 85.2, 14 touchdowns, Four interceptions on the season, 61.5 completion percentage. Uh, Those are not real Heisman Trophy numbers, if you will. Now, you want to take a look at Marcus Mariota. Uh, Of course, he helped Oregon extend its win streak over Washington in 11 games with that win last week. A very, very comfortable 45-20 win. He went 24 for 33 in that game, 336 yards, of course, He's on interception watch, as you know as well. He has yet to throw an interception this season. And, in fact, he's now over, uh, I believe, 240 pass attempts without an interception. But you want to take a look at his numbers. How about 19 touchdowns on the season, zero interceptions, completion percentage of 70.2. I think when all is said and done, he's the guy whose arrow will be pointing up in the Heisman watch while Dak Prescott is kind of going to be leveling out, if you will. So those are definitely the top two guys in regards to the Heisman as we speak right now. Uh, Rounding out my personal top five, I would throw in uh, a running back, uh, a rare running back. How about Melvin Gordon from Wisconsin, the junior for Wisconsin, having an outstanding season on the ground. Uh, There's an SEC impact player from Alabama, Amani Cooper, the wide receiver. I would throw him in at number four. And we can't forget last year's winner, Jameis Winston. I would have him rounding out the top five as well. Right behind him, quarterback Everett Golson of Notre Dame. And those two guys hooked up in a fantastic game last week in that Florida State-Notre Dame game. And uh, for those of us who did uh, take the points, uh, we're happy campers. Let me ask you this, Victor. Had uh, Golson emerged victorious in that football game, which for a brief second it looked like he was going to until they were flagged for that touchdown uh, illegal block in the end zone. But uh, had Golson defeated Jameis Winston, would you have reversed their standing in this Heisman Trophy race? Absolutely. And if they had won that game, he'd be in the top three right up there with uh, Prescott and Mariota in regards to the uh, top two quarterbacks, yes. I agree with that. Uh, you know, that was given the fact that that was his first ever regular season college football loss. It's I think he's the main reason that Notre Dame is where they are today. You could maybe make the same case for 
Dak Prescott with uh, his his football program being where they are today with the Rebels and uh, Marcus Mariota, the hands down favorite coming into this football season, and he, as you said, hasn't disappointed. And in fact, you know, their offensive line was really beat up into shreds in the month of September, mm-hmm. and he was really being sacked regularly. But uh, he's worked his way through that, and uh, like you say, I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up being the leading contender when they head to New York for the announcement of the Heisman Trophy this year. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Victor, let's switch over to the National Football League side of things where I think it was a pretty good week for underdogs last week. I was talking with you before the show and it wasn't quite as good as I thought it was, but what's your tally that you've seen thus far as far as favorites dogs go in the NFL this season? Underdogs ended up going 8-7 and seven last week. It was in the Sunday afternoon games in which they did uh, really, really well with, of course, Tennessee covering Miami with the outright underdog win, Jacksonville the same way, an outright win. Uh, St. Louis Rams pulled off a big-time shocker, handing Seattle their second loss in a row. Um, also, the Minnesota Vikings uh, covering against the Buffalo Bills, and your play, the New Orleans Saints covering the number against the Detroit Lions. Now, the favorites did a little bit better in the late afternoon games and, of course, the uh, prime time games as well. Eight and seven overall last week for the Dogs, 51, 53, and two on the year. But there's also been some pretty interesting over-under numbers this season as well. Yeah, Victor, you mentioned the prime time games in the National Football League this year. And in the totals tip sheet, a lot like last year when you discovered the fact that non-conference games were flying over the total each and every week, you've come up with another pattern that's developing in the NFL. Let our listeners know out there, if you would, about your prime time pattern. This is even more surprising than the non-conference games going over the total at a 75% rate last season. And I hope you didn't play them last weekend in the NFL. They ended up going up one and five over under on the season. Now the non-conference games have come back down to earth. They've gone 16 overs and 16 unders. But these primetime games, this is a scenario that, again, as I just said, is even more surprising. They went a perfect 3-0 last week. We're talking about, of course, the Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night games. All three of them went over the total. They've now gone 18 and four over under on the wow. season. That's 82 percent of these primetime games have gone over the total. What's surprising is the fact that the lines are already jacked up in these games. Uh, your bookmaker, the books out in Vegas, the on, the online books, the offshore books, they already know that there's a great tendency for the public to play these primetime games over the total. They adjust the lines accordingly. They jack up the lines. They make you pay a premium to bet these games over the total, and yet they're still going over at an 82% uh, rate. Uh, we've done it well on our King Creole service in the primetime games. We've gone 11-3 uh, ATS on the season in the NFL, which has actually been a mixture of overs, unders, and favorites. But with all that said, Mark, one thing I want to throw out, and this is not necessarily our free play, but there is a big one coming up this Thursday night, the Chargers and Broncos game. And, heck, who doesn't love Thursday games over in the NFL? The logic makes perfect sense. They've gone 6-1 over under this season. They've gone uh, since week four of last season. NFL Thursday games have gone 17-3 and over under. Now, with all that said, I'm not going to be going over the total in this week's Thursday game. 
between the Broncos and the Chargers. The line is currently somewhere in the 51 to 52 point range, and that's a little bit too high for my taste. I think it's a big time trap. You're already seeing the early action going somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 85% of the public money on this game to go over the total. I don't like it. For me, it's going to be go under on Thursday or pass. I think you're going to see that uh, 17 and 3 over under number potentially fall to 17 and 4. Remember, you know, the Chargers played Denver twice last year. And knowing that they couldn't basically shoot it out with the Broncos, they chose to grind it out instead. They held the ball on offense for more than 38 minutes in both of those meetings last year. And the result, under by 10 points, under by 14 points. So if you're thinking of going over this week, I would exercise caution for the Chargers-Broncos game. For me, it's going to be an under or a pass. Good observation there, Victor. And you take a look. I was reading in the totals tip sheet. You note that each of these teams have had under tendencies on those Thursday games. You point out the Chargers have gone under five of the last six Thursdays. The Broncos under four of their last five Thursdays. And toss into the mix the fact that you're talking about two teams that have top ten ranked defenses mm-hmm. with this what we would call next to an absurd total in the football game. I get the feeling here, Victor, you're saying that uh, unlike last year when these non-conference games just continued on course and they just didn't back down, that you may see maybe the prime time totals backing down if for no other reason because the fact that A, they're recognized by the public and the odds makers, and B, they are being jacked up. So I think you're reading into what you're saying here. Sooner or later, we're going to look for this tendency to come backwards as opposed to moving forward. Yes. Yes, indeed. And not to mention... We're all about value, and uh, there's going to be value in these games under the total beginning this Thursday, in my opinion. We're visiting with Victor King from King Creel Sports here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week. We've got a dandy inside the Big Ten Conference this week. We're back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread right around the corner. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. Sportswatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry, and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. The Sportswatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the sports watch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Okay, everybody, let's get to it. This is our college football game of the week. This week on Mark Lawrence against the spread, we go inside the Big Ten Conference where Michigan State plays host to Michigan in a big in-state rivalry matchup. Victor, your take on the Spartans and the Wolverines this Saturday. Michigan State, to the last time we looked, 17-point home favorite against Michigan in, in this big-time uh, in-state rivalry. Uh, the over-under line opened at 51.5 points. It's come down uh, all about two points. The last time I looked, it was down to 49 points. I'm, uh, I'm not surprised by that uh, number going down a little bit. What is surprising to me is uh, Michigan State's over-under numbers. You know, this was a team last year that with that great defense, they were one of the top three under teams in college football last year. 
They've done a complete reversal in 2014 as they've added an outstanding offense. They're now the number two over team in all of college football. At least they're tied for number two. Uh, five and one over under is Michigan State's record on the season. Their average game has gone over the total by 18 and a half points. They're right behind Louisiana Tech, who's a perfect six and zero to the over this season, and they're currently uh, tied with uh, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Tulsa, who have all gone over the total in five out of six games this year. Uh, so that's surprising to me. Great offense for Michigan State. And, of course, they bring a great defense. I'm sure you'll touch on that a little bit. But anyway, they're number nine in the country in defense, allowing only 293 yards per game. On the flip side, you've got the Wolverines coming in at three and four over under on the season. Their average game has gone under the total by almost a touchdown by 6.4 points. Of course, uh, Michigan, we all know they've struggled on offense this season, but at least uh, Brady Hoke has brought a very, very good defense into this game, this Big Ten game coming up on Saturday. They're right behind Michigan State, Michigan State number nine in the country. The Wolverines are number 10 in the country, allowing only 301 yards per game. With that said, we're going to lean under in this particular game, particularly, Mark, knowing that each of the last five meetings in this series have indeed gone under the total. The average line in Spartan Wolverine games, 50.7, which is right around this week's line, I might add. Average score, only 39.2. So the average game between these two has gone under the total by 11.5 points. Last year, they combined for only 35 points. Two years ago, they combined for only 22 points. Three years ago, they combined for only 42 points. According to the point spread and the over-under line, Michigan State is predicted to win this by a score of about 33-16, to 16 Mark. Uh, our simulations have this a little bit closer in terms of the point spread and a little bit lower scoring. I've got Michigan State winning like 27-20, 27-17, maybe even 27-14. But we're going to take a lean on this game under the total particularly given that uh, perfect series history in which each of the last five meetings have indeed gone under. Victor King leans to the under total in this football game, likes the history in the series, and I would concur with his analogy in the football game given the fact that we have two pretty good defenses coming into this contest here. Look at the Michigan side of this football game. Everybody knows the hot seat that Brady Hoke sits on at Michigan these days. In fact, there's probably no hotter seat than maybe Will Muschamp at Florida right now with Michigan in this 5-10 and ten swirl. They've only won five of the last 15 football games straight up on the scoreboard. But look inside those games, those 15 games. They were an underdog seven times, and they won the money for the seven times that they did dress up as the underdog. This is the first time that a Michigan football team had three losses before the month of October in their school history. And they also opened up 0-2 in the Big Ten Conference for the first time since 1963. So there's a lot of uh, bad vibes, bad black clouds, if you will, lingering over Michigan and Brady Hoke these days. But looking inside the numbers, I keep looking at this defense, and this football team just keeps getting better and better defensively. And in fact, from our midweek alert, we note that they've held five 
of their seven opponents to season-low yards this year has the Michigan defense. On the flip side, this Michigan State football team comes in here, an offensive juggernaut this year, as Victor mentioned, a little bit of a surprise to the Michigan State offense and how they've opened up thus far that way. They've dominated the Wolves in the series, winning five of the last six, cashing all six times. But you take a look and dissect the Michigan State offense here. They've scored more than 27 points five times this football season. Those times that they scored them were against the likes of Jacksonville State, Eastern Michigan, Wyoming, Purdue, and Indiana. The two times they went up against credible offenses or credible defenses, Oregon and Nebraska, they failed to hit 27 points. Looking inside from our database, we note that Michigan State is just 1-8 to the spread. It's a Big Ten favorite laying 15 or more points. And my surmise in this football game, and I take this out of our midweek alert newsletter this week because we talked about this football game, and I'm looking here and I'm drawing this analogy. You're looking at a Michigan State football team this year that's allowing 40 points and a game and nine points per game more than they did last year. On the flip side, you've got a Michigan football team that's surrendering 69 points a game and six points a game less than they did last year. So these two football teams are going opposite directions statistically, yet We've got a 17-point line in this football game. I think it's an absolute joke, the line in this football contest. The largest Michigan's ever been an underdog in this series has been as a four-and-a-half-point dog. And, in fact, they've been a dog only five times in the last 40 meetings in the series. I'll grab the points with Michigan for my side in this big Michigan-Michigan State rivalry game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League Game of the Week, a dandy inside the AFC Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. Sportswatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry, and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. The Sportswatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the Sports Watch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Okay, guys, it's time for our National Football League Game of the Week. We're going to go to the AFC side of the conference this week, take a look at the Baltimore Ravens when they take on the Cincinnati Bengals in a big, big battle in the AFC North this Sunday. Victor, your take on the Ravens and Bengals in the showdown game on Sunday. Well, it's already the second meeting of the season between these two teams. They combined for 39 points in Game 1. The OU line opened at 46. It's dropped about a half point to 45 and a half. That's kind of where I dove in and grabbed a little bit of a piece of the under in this particular game at the number of 45 and a half. Of course, we got Baltimore 5 and 2 straight up, Cincinnati 3, 2 and 1 straight up. Uh, At one point, Cincinnati looked like the best team in the NFL. Then, of course, they came off their bye and they have not looked good in their last few games. Uh, particularly in Sunday's game when they got shut out by the Indianapolis Colts. In terms of over-under results, Baltimore 3-4 and four over-under on the season. Average line 45.1, average score 42.4. Cincinnati's gone under the total 67% of their games already. 
with an average line of 46.2, an average score of uh, 45.6. The series has gone one and three over under in the last four meetings, average of about 41.7 points per game. Uh, Mark, I'm going to, as I mentioned, I already grabbed a small piece of the under in this particular game. Based on some of the ammunition I found in our playbook database, uh, number one, this is the first of three straight home games in a row for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we've got uh, NFL teams in the first of three straight home games when playing a division opponent, like Cincinnati, of course, playing Baltimore. They've gone 5-17 and 17 over-under, 3-10 and 10 over-under as favorites, 1-6 and over-under when the over-under line 45 or more. That would indicate a, a slight lean on the game going under the total. As I mentioned uh, previously, Cincinnati does come in off a road shutout loss. In the last six years in the NFL, home favorites of nine or less coming off a road shutout loss like the Bengals have gone a perfect 0-5 over under. Uh, of course, Cincinnati lost by 27 points last week. Baltimore had a similar win of 22 points in their game against Atlanta. This has gone 1-6 and six over under since the 2008 season, and it's basically home favorites off a three-touchdown or more loss, like Cincinnati, against an opponent off a three-touchdown or more win in Baltimore. These uh, games have gone 1-6. and six. And finally, what kind of seals the deal for me, or uh, what uh, prompted me to get in when the line was still pretty valuable at 45 and a half were the tendencies in these AFC North division games. We've got AFC North division home favorites, over underline 43 or more. These games have gone 0, 11, and 1 since the 07 season. Oh. There's been no overs when the over under is this high in an AFC North game. So, Mark, we're going under Cincinnati, Baltimore. You're going to want to play it earlier as the line is already going down. Victor confidently goes under the total in the Ravens-Bengals division matchup on Sunday when Baltimore invades Cincinnati in a rematch from earlier this year. And that rematch occurred the first week of the football season when Baltimore lost 23-16 as a host in this series in a game that they, in fact, won the stats in the game but lost their home opener on their field against the Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore comes into this game playing a pretty good brand of defense, if you will. They're looking more and more like the old Baltimore football team, at least defensively. They held Atlanta to 254 yards last week. That happened to be the Falcons' season-low mark this season. They've also, the Baltimore Ravens, have outstated six of their seven opponents on the football playing field this year. And after that season-opening loss to Cincinnati, as I referred to, the Ravens have been on a 5-1 and straight-up in ATS terror. They seem to be the team to beat in the AFC North as we speak right now. The Cincinnati Bengals come in here reeling, if you will, after that 3-0 start, 3-0 straight up and ATS start to begin the football season. They went into their bye week, and since their bye week, they haven't won a football game or covered a spread since. And in fact, they've allowed season high or second high yards in each of their last three football games the Cincinnati defense has. They come into this contest noting that in games after the Cincinnati Bengals are off of a loss of 20 or more points, they're just 2-13 and 13 to the spread when they take on an opponent that's off back-to-back wins, as the Baltimore Ravens are in this football game. We also saw signs of the Cincinnati football uh, crumbling begin, if you will, in that 3-0 and start of the season. There was a 3-0 and football team that began the year 
there were talks of them being the team to be in the AFC, but you looked inside the numbers and you saw that they were allowing 350 yards a game, and you knew that fantasy fairy tale had to end sooner or later, and it did for the Bengals. From the midweek alert, we looked. We know coming into this football game, Baltimore yards per game, net yards per game is plus 42 net yards per game on the season this year. The Cincinnati Bengals a minus 62 net yards per game on the year. The better offense, the better defense, the better team in the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody's clamoring for Cincinnati to crawl back into the AFC North Division battles. They now trail the Bengals here, but I have to live statistically with this football game and what I see the way they're playing games on the field. And with that, I'll back the better team taking the points, that being the Baltimore Ravens in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. It's time now we hop out to Las Vegas and check with our good friend Dave Tooley from viewfromvegas.com. Dave, as you know, is a now online author at ESPN.com as well. He covers the gambling scene in Vegas for ESPN. And you can also check out everything that Dave does on his website at viewfromvegas.com. Dave, it sounds like things are hectic for you in your world in Las Vegas these days. Crazy time of year here, but uh, we love uh, everything that's going on. Uh, World Series uh, started uh, Tuesday night, and you know I had a winner there, uh, which is good because I've been really struggling in the NFL. <laughs> I wrote uh, in my Tuesdays with Tuli Column at ESPN.com this week. I wrote about you know struggling with a losing streak, and you know basically you just uh, you know, go back over your work and see what you got right and what you got wrong, especially what you got wrong. And make the adjustments, and then uh, just get back to work. So, uh, I mean, we've all had to work through losing streaks before, and uh, you really don't uh, get through them without uh, just uh, getting back your nose to the grindstone. And uh, things usually turn around with with hard work. Dave, that's a great point you bring out because I do exactly the same thing. When things are going rough or bad for me, I'll I'll look back at what I used, what I did, and how I came about what I did. Maybe what it is I missed in the football game, what I overlooked. So it's all part of uh, just doing a 100% complete job of being professional about what you do. And it sounds like you, too, are doing just that. And I'm sure things will turn around and go Dave Tooley's way here sooner than later. Uh, thanks for Dave, that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, Dave. Talking about that, uh, we reminisced about the what's going on with the Superbook contest and whatnot. What major moves have you seen as far as the early lines that were sent out from Jay Cornegay at the Westgate Superbook last week as opposed to the lines being in place this week? Okay. Yeah, before I get to the, uh, the, the moves, I, I do want to mention that uh, the leader of the Superbook contest, uh, Super contest. Alcatraz Holdings, who we talked about last week, was uh, 26 and 4 against the spread, 86.7%. And uh, I wrote about last week, uh, he, he consented to the interview with me, uh, even though he, uh, you know, he doesn't believe in the Thule curse. Uh, but uh, he did have his first losing week <laughs> this past week. At two and three. He went two and three. So it, uh, it, it ended up biting him, but uh, he's still uh, hitting at 80%. So uh, and he still holds a two game lead. So he's still got a little bit of cushion there to do the same thing that uh, San Suchi did a couple years ago. Uh, Brady Cannon, the. Uh, the leader of that group is the one who coined the uh, tu- the Thule curse uh, when he when he went into a two week slump after <laughs> being interviewed by me. So, but he was able able to overcome it and win it. So we'll see if Alcatraz Holdings is able to to do that as well. 
Well, the combination of the one-two punch there, Dave, the Thule curse and the uh, the law of averages getting back to the norm, I think really kind of met face with Alcatraz holdings this week, and we'll see whether or not he'll maintain that pace. It sounds like yeah, it's a tough exactly. Pace to I mean, I, I don't yeah. believe in in the Thule curse. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. If if I'm interviewing everyone that's hitting eighty percent or better, uh, yeah. It, it, it's they're going to come back to the norm. No, no one's going to keep that uh, outlandish uh, winning percentage going. So uh, yeah, it's it's more the law of averages there, uh, <laughs> catching up than, than anything else. But it's still fun to talk about. <laughs> well, like you say, if you're interviewing people that are doing eighty percent or better, you're a lonely man. You're probably talking yeah. to yourself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Oh yeah. Uh, but as, as for the line moves this week, uh, we've had uh, quite a few. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Vikings at the Westgate uh, Hotel that puts out their lines on Tuesday the week in advance. Um, that was a pick 'em, but now that's up to three, which is a, a little surprising considering Tampa was on a bye last week. But uh, another one that's gone from pick 'em to three is the Jets against the Bills. And uh, that one really, really surprises me. The Bills um, have, have been playing pretty well lately. Uh, another, another line move, the Bengals against the Ravens. Uh, this this was a Bengals minus three and a half uh, just a week ago. And then we saw the Bengals uh, put in a clunker of a performance, getting shut out 27 and nothing to, by the Colts. And uh, and Baltimore has been on a roll here. So that, that one has come past the key number of three and a half, uh, mostly open most places at two and a half or three on Sunday. But now we're seeing it uh, down to one and a half. So that's uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, that moves towards Pickham even more, and then one, one other one of note, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. We talked about the other, you know, yet another impressive win from them. Uh, they were a one point favorite over the road favorite over the Steelers in their upcoming game um, when the line was posted a week ago, and now that one's up to pretty much a solid three. So yeah, those are the big line moves so far this week. Four major moves at the Superbook Contest in Las Vegas as being reported by Dave Tooley, author at ESPN.com and proprietor at ViewFromVegas.com. And Dave, before I let you go on the football show this week, I need to know your complimentary play on the show this week because I know those dogs are going to start barking and going the Dave Tooley way. I, I sure hope they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, was, it was crazy. Last week, underdogs were actually 8-7 and seven against the spread, and yet I found uh, six of those seven losers <laughs> and only had oh. one winner. <laughs> Some of them I was on the wrong side, but uh, you know, like the Monday night game with the Texans, I certainly felt like that was going my way until the, the last two minutes of the first half <laughs> when, yes. when it totally reversed. So, uh, yeah, sometimes uh, – yeah, Crazy results happen, but you know, just to try and put yourselves on the right side more often than not and uh, trust that uh, that gets the job done. So top play this week I'm going to go with, uh, already mentioned it in the line moves, uh, the Buffalo Bills plus three against the Jets. Uh, we've seen, again, the Bills are playing much better and they're able to win close games while the Jets uh, have had their chances, both the, you know against the Broncos they had a chance to drive down and tie. And against the Patriots, had a chance to win with a field goal, and and they keep coming up short. So I, th- I think the Bills are just showing to be much better battle tested at this time, and I think uh, getting the three points here uh, gets the job done. Putting the New York Jets in a precarious role, that of a favorite this particular week, Dave Tuley takes advantage and plays against them. The Buffalo Bills plus the three for his complimentary play on the football show this week. Dave, I'm going to thank you once again for a great job on the show this week. Wish you the very best of luck this week. And we'll look forward to visiting with you here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread next week. All right. Thanks, Mark. Good luck, everybody. 
That was Dave Tooley joining us from ViewFromVegas.com. We found out exactly what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I will put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and our complimentary place from both Victor and I when we come back with here on the final segment of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Imagine getting up to $900 in free plays bonuses on every qualified deposit. Use your Visa, MasterCard, or even American Express. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side failed to score? Use your shutout bailout card and get your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side given up by halftime? Use your halftime surrender card, get half of your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. And remember, you get bonus on every deposit. That's the lifetime bonus guarantee. Only from Bet Online because you can. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week this week in college football, we call our awesome angle Crazy Eights. And what we're looking to do is to plan any college football double-digit road dog in game eight of the season. That's off a straight-up loss of eight or more points. If they're taking on an opponent that's also off a loss of eight or more points, provide the opponent is also off back-to-back losses. You put these crazy eights all together in one scenario, as we're doing in this particular awesome angle. This has gone 26-6 and against the spread by playing against these crazy eight teams. This week we play against Alabama-Birmingham, UAB, when they invade Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks this week. Our crazy eight play then will be Arkansas minus the points against UAB for our awesome angle play on the football show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to pick up his top complimentary play on the football card this week. And Victor, if you would also let our listeners know what you've got going on at King Creole Sports this weekend. Absolutely, Mark. In the NFL, we have our our five-star NFL game of the month. Yes, it's an over-under. Yes, it's an over. We did not cover this game in the totals tip sheet this week. We held off on this one, and it'll be available at playbook.com beginning on Friday evening, our five-star NFL game of the month over the total. Now, earlier in the show, Mark, we did mention a couple of games in which we're leaning under, Michigan, Michigan State, and Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, even an underpinning in the Thursday night game between Denver and San Diego. There's got to be an over that we like, absolutely. And that would be the Philadelphia team taking on Arizona. Both of these two teams are on their game, Eagles and Cardinals. And a battle of the birds, heck, that always begins in the air. And there should be plenty of passing yards in this Eagles-Cardinals game. After all, we're talking the second-worst pass defense in the league. That's Arizona allowing 285 passing yards per game against the number 24 pass defense. Philadelphia allowing 257 passing yards per game. Not only that, but on offense, these two teams are ranked number one and number two this season in long pass attempts per game. That's uh, pass attempts at greater than 20 yards per attempt. They're ranked number one and number two. The host Cardinals, they lead the entire league in average pass distance. And this is basically a reflection of head coach Bruce Arians' offensive philosophy, which has actually taken a lot of shots downfield. He did it last week against the Oakland Raiders. He'll do it this week against the Eagles as well. 
Of course, we've got Arizona playing in the NFC West, Philadelphia in the NFC East. This has gone nine and one over under since the 05 season. NFC West division home favorites of less than seven versus an NFC East division opponent. That's the Cardinals versus the Eagles. Now, we're certainly aware that the Eagles allowed zero points in their last game. Of course, that was that 27-0 win over the New York Giants in their game prior to their bye. And that's okay by us. This has gone 6-0 over under since 09. And that's all NFL pick em or underdogs of less than nine points playing off a home shutout win. Of course, that applies to the Eagles this week. Now, they also, as I just mentioned, come in with a week of rest as well. This has gone 9-5 and over-under last five years. Non-division road underdogs of six or less, like the Eagles, playing with rest when the over-under line is greater than 41 points. And it certainly is in this game. The last time I looked, the over-under line was at 48 points here. Of course, for the host Cardinals, they come in off a pretty easy double-digit road win against the Oakland Raiders. They're surprisingly ruling the uh, NFC West division as we speak. This has gone 11-1 and one since 2007, and it's game 12 or less, non-division home favorites of a touchdown or less, like the Cardinals, playing off a straight-up in ATS non-division road favorite win in which they allowed less than 14 points. And, of course, the score in that win over the Raiders last week was 24-13, and 13, so that 11-1 and one over situation does apply to the host Cardinals. So we got both of these teams. They're coming in off two very good defensive efforts. I do understand that. We realize that. But that points to a high-scoring outcome in the next game. 17-4 and four over under. Home favorites in the NFL. When both teams allowed 13 or less in their last game, when the over-under line is greater than 43 points. I'm calling this my bird blitzkrieg. Final score, 31-27. to 27. Eagles, Cardinals over the total. Victor King goes over the total in the football game this week. Looking for to set up the table, if you will, for his five-star NFL over game of the month. You can pick that up online at playbook.com this weekend, along with all of King Creel Sports plays online at playbook.com, where you pay only after you win, or you can get all the same plays at a 40% discount with guaranteed makeups on a prepaid basis. Check it out, Victor, and his five-star NFL over under total game of the month this Sunday. And before I get to my complimentary play on the football card this week, I want to remind you that our five-star college football game of the month will kick off this Saturday. It's part of another $99 football weekend of winners from our late phone football service. It's included free inside that $99 football package. And for those of you who have been with us before on our five-star college football game of the month, you know we're on a documented red-hot winning run. We were 4-0-1 in this play last year. We won our play last month in September. And, in fact, we're now 63-28 and since 1990 on our five-star game of the month. You can pick it up now with that $99 football weekend of winners. Or, better yet, if you decide to join me for 10-star November, for all of our football plays next November, I'll toss in this week's entire college and pro football weekend as a free no-charge bonus. Either way, join me for the $99 football weekend of winners or our 10-star November by calling toll-free at 1-800-321-7777, or you can get online now to sign up at playbook.com. My complimentary call on the college football card this Saturday is the Temple Owls when they take on Central Florida in a big 
American Athletic Conference showdown game this Saturday. This is a rematch from last year in a football game that was a wild and woolly finish, if you will, in the football contest. UCF walked away with a 39-36 victory. And that was all after Blake Bortles. You remember him? He's now in the National Football League. He threw a 64-yard touchdown pass or a 64-yard pass with 19 seconds to go to set up a game-winning field goal in the contest. So big-time revenge on the mind for the Temple Owls in this football game. Temple comes into this contest off a loss at Houston last week, 31-10, to where they were taken down by the Cougars. But you looked inside the numbers, you saw that the reason, primary reason, was five turnovers to zero working against Temple in that football game. Taking a look at Central Florida this football season here, it's a lack of offense that's really bitten this team. There are four wins in a row coming into the game after opening up 0-2 in the season. So now 4-2 and on the year. They look good 4-2 and the record, but this offense really struggles. And in fact, you take a look here now, they're averaging just 277 yards a game, the Central Florida offense, against other fellow FBS teams. That's compared to Temple averaging 374 yards a game against other fellow FBS football teams. The bottom line here is Temple's new addition to this football roster here. They added two players that are five-star and four-star recruits that were eligible to join the roster last week. Their tight end, Colin Thompson, who transferred over from Florida, and a wide receiver named Keith Kirkwood. He comes in from Hawaii. Again, four- and five-star recruits that are now available for quarterback P.J. Walker to add to his ammo here. I smell an upset in this football game. I'm going to grab Temple plus the eight and a half points in this contest for my complimentary call on the football card this Saturday. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for Victor King from King Creole Sports, Dave Tooley from ViewFromVegas.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.